You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. It's the Into Tomorrow broadcast for the weekend of Friday, October 22nd, 2021, our 26th year on the air. Thank you so much for tuning into tomorrow. Thank you even more so much. Is that such a thing? Yes. When you call in and participate on the program, you want to stay tuned. We've got prizes for you this week, of course, and ways for you to join us. I am Dave Graveline. I am Chris Graveline. Are you sure? Sometimes. All right. From the Dexcom G6 Studios, make knowledge your superpower for managing type 1 diabetes. Visit DEXCOM.com. Yes, still milking what uh, I hope and trust is just the an old-fashioned, whoever heard of it these days, cold congested stuffy so to me i sound very nasal do i sound nasal to you yeah <laughs> great he's supposed to say no you sound I just mean, fine no, what's you, the you problem sound just fine what's yeah, the problem no problem tech news and commentary in this first segment and then we get to your calls joe in texas standing by among others facebook says artificial intelligence will clean up the platform all right <laughs> but its own engineers have doubts Facebook executives have long said that AI would address the anti-social media company's chronic problems, keeping what it deems hate speech and excessive violence, as well as underage users, off its platforms. Yeah, right. The future is farther away than those executives suggest. Facebook senior engineers say that the company's automated system only removed posts that generated just 2% of the hate speech viewed on the platform that violated its own rules. Facebook Vice President of Integrity, another oxymoron, (laughs) Facebook and Integrity in the same sentence. Anyway, this guy, Guy Rosen, wrote in a blog post that the prevalence of hate speech on the platform had dropped by 50% over the past three years. Liar. And that a narrative that the technology we use to fight hate speech is inadequate and that we deliberately misrepresent our progress was false. Uh-huh. Again, liar. Yeah. Mm. So what else is new? More Facebook news coming up that you'll be curious to hear about. Yeah. Um, the federal government is about to make it easier for you to get hearing aids. Huh? Yeah. I guess you'll be the first in line. Uh, I the, beg your pardon. <laughs> the Food and Drug Administration announced this Tuesday that it has proposed a rule authorizing over-the-counter sales of hearing aids for people 18 and over who are experiencing mild to moderate hearing loss. The current restrictions on their sale, which can include a medical exam or an audiologist's fitting, have forced many Americans to go without. The FDA says approximately 15% of American adults, or 37.5 million people, aged 18 and over, report some trouble hearing. Wow. However, only about one-fifth of people who could benefit from a hearing aid actually use one. A survey conducted in 2018 found that Consumer Reports members typically pay $2,588 out of pocket for hearing aids. More than half of the fifteen thousand five hundred. That's an expensive hearing aid. Yeah, <laughs> uh, more than half of the fifteen thousand five hundred fifty-eight respondents said their insurance paid none of those upfront costs. Surprise! And of course, Medicare doesn't cover hearing aids at all. Oh, great! 
I didn't think there were that many people, though, that have hearing loss. And, of course, if they're baby boomers, it's probably because they were at too many concerts with really, really loud speakers or headphones where they cranked it up too loud. Yeah, or people like me who spent years working for a mobile DJ sent, you know, sitting next to those big speakers all night. <laughs> yeah, making sure they're working. Because yeah. that's what you used to do years ago is setting them up for Ron and so forth. Wow, pretty bizarre. Apple just announced new AirPods, MacBook Pros, and whoopee, some colorful HomePod minis. <laughs> Expect to pay another fortune if you must get the latest from Apple. Their hardware event also unveiled some new processors and more to be ready to ship during the holiday season. Apple's M1 Pro and M1 Max chips certainly mean even more trouble for Intel. Remember them? Yeah, are they still relevant? I think so. After Well, they think, though. <laughs> After a 15-year partnership, Apple has yanked Intel chips from its Macs. Of course, that's a huge loss of revenue, prestige, and orders to keep Intel's factories running at full capacity. So we've been saying for the last few years, Intel has lost it in many ways. Well, and, and once Apple started making their own chips, we kind of knew that Intel partnership was Oh, over. of course. It was done. Yeah, and who's using Intel chips anymore? More. You know, some laptop manufacturers and desktop manufacturers, but even many of them have gone to AMD or others. Yeah, and, you know, and from Apple's standpoint, if you can make your own chips, why use somebody else's? Why pay somebody else to make them when you could do it yourself anyway, probably cheaper? That's very true. So not so good for uh, Intel, but hey, what could you do? Stay tuned. In just a few minutes, um, we'll be talking with Brian Koski. He's the CEO of a company called Wexco Environmental. Uh, they're a manufacturer of wastewater treatment products. Specifically, he's going to be talking about a filter that they make that keeps the microfibers from your clothes washer out of the environment. I don't think we'll be talking to him. I will be. Well, uh, yeah, well. You use the collective we? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because we're a team. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when do you ever hear Chris in an interview? Hmm. I've been asking him to just do them for me for years, and that doesn't happen. Anyway, Joe in Gladewater, Texas, listens on KTBB AM and FM, and called in. We love you for it. You Using the Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. Hey, Joe. I was wondering if you could give me some suggestions on an audio interface to do some vocal recording of a cappella music. I want to do multi tracking of my own voice. I appreciate all that you guys do. Thank you so much. And have a great day. Well, thank you, Joe. We appreciate those kind words. If you really only want to record your own voice and nothing else, then a Focusrite Scarlet Solo may work for you. It's simple. It has a single XLR input for a good microphone, connects to a computer via USB. And other than that, it just has some knobs for gain and monitor volume. It's really simple and will certainly get the job done. Now, the Scarlet Solo will cost you about $120. For less than that, you can buy a Behringer Euphoria UMC 202 HD. We'll have all this on the show page for you, of course, which will take two XLR mics and connect to your computer via USB. It includes includes MIDI in and out ports, a couple of options for audio out and monitor ports, and you can find it for under 100 bucks. Yeah, the Tascam US 1x2 is similar to those two. It has a single XLR input, some audio outputs, and a USB connection to a computer. Uh, it differs from the other two in that it also features a mini USB port for use with tablets, and it's designed to work with iOS. Now, if you're interested in recording and editing on the go or in just carrying lighter gear, it could be 
an option for you since the price is similar at roughly 120 bucks. There you go. We always try to offer two or three solutions to anybody's questions. And, Joe, uh, we're anxious to hear your acapella. So be sure to let us know what you end up with and how it works out for you. All the show notes, all those details available for you at intotomorrow.com. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. Thanks for tuning in during our 26th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool consumer electronics, products and services, gadgets and gizmos, whatever the case, available today and into tomorrow. And again, we very much appreciate it when you participate on the program. You don't have to wait till you hear the show the next time on your favorite radio station or podcast or stream or however you get into tomorrow. Anytime you've got a question about anything involving consumer tech, Uh, Maybe a follow-up from one of our recent guests or whatever the case. We want to hear from you. So 2.30 in the morning next Thursday even. It's like, you know what? Let me ask Dave. You can do that at your leisure. The easy way these days, a lot of folks doing it, is anything with a browser. So your cell phone, your tablet, your desktop, your laptop, anything with a browser and a microphone You can visit us at intotomorrow.com. Click on the little Ask Dave mic button on the lower right. And then we ask only three quick things of you. Your first name, where you're joining us from, and how you hear the show. And then ask your question, make your comment, help your help for another listener, whatever the case. Or, of course, you can use the Into Tomorrow app. That's free as well. In your favorite app store, just search those two words, Into Tomorrow. And click that little message to studio button. Or the old-fashioned way still works, believe it or not. If you use your phone as a phone, go figure. You can call us anytime, 24-7, 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. Our next guest company manufactures wastewater treatment products. And they're on a mission to help us get back to what they're calling real water. The CEO of Wexco Environmental is Brian Kosky. Brian, thanks for coming on. Welcome into tomorrow. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, the, the, i got to admit, the first time that one of my producers told me about you and your company, I thought, oh, okay, another water filter company. No, 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 no. It's not for you know, before we drink or shower or whatever, it's for afterwards. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? And it's like, well, okay, why are we treating the water that we've used 
And that's why we wanted to have you on. Why do we need to treat the water that we've used, whether it's from our sink or shower or I'm assuming our toilets or otherwise? Uh, tell me about Wexco Environmental and then let's get into specifically what you guys do. Sure, sure. So Wexco, we're a small um, manufacturer of wastewater treatment products. Specifically, we kind of focus on the on-site uh, septic market. Um, or rural homes, um, treatment systems for not only complete wastewater treatment at your home, um, but also one of our other products that we focus heavily on right now is called the Filtrol, which is an inline washing machine filter that helps remove uh, lint and microfibers from your uh, effluent from the washing machine. Okay, so let me get that so, so I understand that correctly. Again, it's not a filter to wash your clothes before that happens. It's a filter once you wash your clothes so that, again, that wastewater uh, doesn't have what were you calling microfibers? Is that what it was? Correct. So uh, about uh, 10 years ago or so, uh, there was a study that was done that found um, microscopic uh, plastic pollution in waterways, uh, specifically on a beach and an ocean. Hmm. And from, from that, the the ac- uh, academic community started to really realize, hey, this is a big problem. We've kind of known that plastic pollution has been an issue for quite some time. However, um, they were specifically focusing on the really the microscopic pieces that you don't necessarily see uh, with the naked eye. And so uh, from those from that first study that really kicked off hundreds and now thousands of studies after that that really started to quantify, um, and, and identify the sources of these microscopic pieces of plastic and pollutants that are found basically everywhere on Earth, um, from Antarctica all the way to your, you know, a, a lake, a stream, a river. It doesn't matter where you live. It, they've found them everywhere. Um, and what we're focused on is, uh, so microplastic pollution um, is a pretty broad category. It could be anything from the um, if anybody's heard of or is aware of, in 2015, um, the Obama administration signed a bill that uh, eliminated the ability of uh, like face or uh, face wash to have these little microscopic plastic beads in them because they go through wastewater plants. Um, they don't necessarily all get filtered out, and then it just goes directly into our waterways. Hmm. Um, so that's a form of microplastic pollution. Um, microfibers from our clothing is is the one that we're focused on removing. Um, so if you think about the clothing that you wear every day, a lot of it's synthetic. You look at the tag, it's not, um, you know, cotton obviously is a, uh, a lot of clothing is made of cotton yet. However, polyester is, is by far the, the most prevalent, um, and that's basically plastic. And so the fibers that shed from your clothing in the wash um, and just from wearing, uh, that ultimately gets, is discharged from your washing machine. Um, it goes into your wastewater conveyance system, whether you live in a city and it goes to a city wastewater plant or an on-site septic system. Um, it all leaves your house, and then it's, it needs to be treated and removed. And it's very difficult because they're very tiny. Um, many of them are about the size of a human hair or smaller. Um, and obviously, you've, you've, everybody's probably seen lint before um, when it's all uh, combined up together. You can see it much better, but when it's individual pieces, it's very, very hard to see. 
And, um, and now this so, is all something, Brian, that, that is definitely in any way not naturally occurring at any point, or it's all just man-made stuff that becomes a problem and, and pollutants, basically. Uh, I mean, I appreciate your example of, of the lint screen. Yeah, you better be sure and you know, clean your lint screen periodically after, <laughs> after drying clothes every so often at least. Um, because, yeah, it clumps up. So basically what you're saying is it's like that only before it gets to a clumped-up stage, basically right yeah exactly so all those basically if you take a you clean your um dryer screen that's millions of microfibers or tiny pieces of your clothing that have come off in the drying uh phase there's actually about twice as much uh of fibers that come off from your washing machine so if you think about that next time you clean your dryer screen about double that has come out of your washing machine. You don't even really notice it because it just goes right down the drain in the water. Wow. Um, and what what these studies have found is that, um, again, I'll point to like municipal wastewater. So a city wastewater system, all that water from your washer gets to the plant eventually. And um, some more modern treatment plants can remove like 90%. Um, some are as low as 40 or 50%. And so pretty much every municipal system discharges into a, uh, a river or some sort of body of water. Uh, the clean water gets discharged. And so as, as the example I said, let's say they remove 50%. Well, that means 50% of the fibers are just going right out into a, a river. And that yeah. ultimately what that means is, um, you know, polyester fibers at that quantity getting released into the environment, um, it does not break down uh, very quickly. Could take a hundred years. It could take fifty, um, but th- it would be in the water, um, out into the environment for a very long time. And the the biggest uh, thing that that's been found right now is that um, small, let's say the base of the food chain, your invertebrates, your your little bugs, basically can confuse those fibers for food because they can see them, and they might think it's food. They eat it. And then ultimately, it kind of works its way up the food chain uh, through fish and through other animals that are eating those little critters. Um, so, along, you know, eventually it could make it all the way to to us and to our bodies. And and that's, I guess, ultimately the biggest concern is, um, you know, not only environmental, but what does it mean for, um, you know, our health as well, since we're ultimately and directly or indirectly consuming. Uh, microplastics and um, and also fibers. So you're saying also, of course, then the these municipal uh, treatment plants that are telling us they're then putting out clean water because they've treated it is not necessarily so clean, um, and it gets into the system and into the waterways, no doubt. When I looked on your website and I saw one of the things you're concentrating on is protection for septic systems, and it's like, again, why do you want to protect your septic system? But now I'm getting it because, of course, your septic system then seeps into your groundwater, uh, ultimately, after it hopefully does what it supposed to do if you're on a septic tank, for example, rather than, you know, a a municipal sewer system. Uh, So then this is, I'm guessing, where Filtrol comes in. Uh, Tell us about your filter. And as you mentioned, this is meant for consumers then, not for uh, municipal treatment plants. Correct. So ultimately, uh, the Filtrol is an inline uh, filtration system that can be installed in the household um, to, to remove the majority of the fibers at the source. And so that's kind of the key point is you're moving them um, at the source before they leave your house because once they leave your house, they become 
far more difficult to, to remove and it's much easier for them to migrate into the environment. So if these are microfibers or microscopic fibers, as you say in many cases, is it then similar to a lint screen, but it's for everything leaving your house in terms of wastewater? Um, and if so, then you need to clean that periodically as well? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll actually pull um, the current model that we have. Please, is, yeah. Yeah, so this is the, the Filtrol 160. And, um, and let me just remind our audience listening on the radio, come visit us and see the video of the interview with Brian from Wexco. And he's holding up some of the product. And, of course, we also have some additional video uh, during this interview so we can show you how it works. But go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but wanted to remind folks, don't worry. Don't look at your radio if you're driving. Come to intotomorrow.com and look at the actual video. Go for it. Sure. So on the inside of the, the canister, which mounts in your wall, your washing machine hose comes in the top, and then this is the actual filter. It's actually it's a very simple product. Uh, it's a, a bag filter that filters down to 100 microns, uh, which is um, many, many times smaller than your, uh, your dryer filter, for okay. example. We're going to take a quick break and continue our discussion with Brian Kosky, the CEO of Wexco Environmental. You can visit them in the meantime at filtrol.net, F-I-L-T-R-O-L dot net. And, of course, more info at intotomorrow.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you want a company that's there when you need them, who actually picks up the phone when you call. That's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. We thank you for tuning into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. We're talking with the CEO of Wexco Environmental, Brian Kosky. And um, it sort of looks like uh, uh, like maybe a pool filter in that sense. But it's a net, right? It's a long net, again, for those not yet seeing it on the video. Um, that At this point, you're talking about your washer wastewater from, from your clothes washer. Uh, is that really the only place it would go or do, would you also yeah. install one under your sink or you know that sort of thing or is it really mostly the concern at this point is for washing clothes correct so this is specific to uh washing clothes or your clothes washer um and ultimately what happens is the the fibers get caught up in here and then it, eventually you empty it out into um, a trash receptacle okay. and then reinstall the filter so it's a reusable filter that can be um, usually used for a couple of years before you need a replacement filter. Um, so it lasts a very long time. And unfortunately, now you're dumping it in your trash, which is probably going to go into a garbage mountain somewhere and back into the ground. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, it sounds like you're doing a good thing at your end as a consumer, but it sounds also like we need to take it a few steps further. Is that something to be concerned about? Or because we're trapping these microfibers, what happens to them then? Yeah, so exactly. So right now, um, you know, one of the challenges is, to your point exactly, it, the, the best way to dispose of it right now is landfill or trash. Yeah. Um, you know, most uh, uh, landfills are, are uh, you know, overall pretty highly regulated and do have liners and, um, you know, do have mechanisms in place where the things that get put in the landfill don't leave the landfill. Now, everybody's 
probably driven by a landfill and seen a plastic bag hanging up on the fence. And it's pretty obvious that some of that stuff does migrate. However, right now that's the best um, um, solution for disposing of it. Mm-hmm. We're also working with some uh, recycling uh, companies to try to incorporate or reuse that material into uh, a beneficial product It'd be like recycling paper essentially or cardboard that'd be turned into something else gotcha well see, being a good guest you're almost answering a question before i ask it which, which is terrific because that was then the concern could this be recycled and if so uh, it turned into what i mean because it's microfibers of plastic and that sort of thing uh, could they then do it like anything else uh, any other plastic item and turn it back into more plastics yeah, so it, it's very challenging because um, you just think about your, you know, individual uh, laundry use at your home. You have mixed types of fabric, mixed clothing. So as you know, like recycling, you typically separate your recycling. You know, you put your uh, different types of plastics. Maybe have to be separated based on the number. So yeah. it's not as easy as just saying, "Hey, we'll just recycle this." The the actual waste end product is pretty complicated because it could have cotton polyester, nylon, spandex, it could have hair, uh, dirt, um, you know, organic and inorganic materials within it. Wow. Uh, the manuf- the recycler that um, seems to show the most promise at this point was looking to add that material into um, other recycled material and actually making larger uh, recycled products such as park benches or um, I'm not sure the exact name, but the, the little... Uh, uh, curb pieces that you uh, like bumpers for your car when you pull up and your tires hit them. You oh, know, you're at the yeah, par- like parking stops, uh, that sort of thing parking in a parking stops, lot. Sure. Gotcha. Yeah. And so they uh, they already manufacture those, and what they were looking at is adding um, this material in in small quantities into those so that they more or less get uh, trapped or contained inside of these larger. Um, recycled products they're making. Hmm. Well, now, next question, I think, fairly obvious to those of us uh, curious and and our listeners and viewers here of the video. Um, Is this something available now? Is it something that you're working on? Uh, If it's available now, how much does it cost and how involved is an install of this sort of thing? Yep. So the Filtrol on 60 is available right now. It's been on the market actually for over 15 years. Oh, so we are um, we're actually in the process of uh, developing uh, two new products that are like the next version of the the filtrol that's been around the tried and true mm-hmm. um, installation is pretty easy. There's a um, the canister mounts on the wall uh, near your washing machine, and there's you can see there's two holes uh, on the bracket that gets mounted onto the wall, um, and then you run your washing machine hose in the top. And then uh, there's a drain pipe that goes out the bottom. And that's pretty much it. If you are, um, you know, have basic tools around the house, a screwdriver um, and a few other things, you can probably install it in about a half an hour. Okay. Uh, so and you don't have to be a major DIYer, I guess, in order to do it. It's not something that is going to take a weekend to install. <laughs> nope. Like I said, a couple of, couple of screws mounted on the wall. And, um, you know, not every situation is... Uh, you know, it's a little different depending on the wall, you know, if you got sheetrock or yeah. concrete wall or whatever. But, um, yeah, overall, it's a very, very simple and quick install. Okay. And cost. So right now, the, the unit retails for one thirty nine ninety nine. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, one hundred and forty dollars, basically under one hundred and forty dollars to uh, help uh, save the planet is what it sounds like, uh, at least from your wastewater from your washing machines. And when you talk about new products, uh, additional uh, updates, and so forth, what will they do differently, or will they work in other areas of the house? Yeah. So they're still going to be focused on uh, washing machine filtration or your laundry. Uh, we have uh, this version here. This is a prototype. This is, we're calling it Filtrol 2.0. So this will take uh, the place of the one I just showed you. Mm-hmm. And this one will end up filtering. We were The goal is to make it more efficient, which we are, uh, easier to maintain. And so one of the things that we came up with is this uh, spinning mechanism inside that comes with the force of the washing machine uh, pump. And it cleans the inside of the filter. Oh, good. And then the material it catches falls through into this secondary filter or a catch filter. So basically, this is like, a, think of it like the trash receptacle mm-hmm. for what it catches. And gotcha. then you can just simply dump that out um, into, your, uh, into your garbage bin. And so that's uh, the version that will take place of the current one we have. And then the, the other one that we're working on is, is going to be more specific to um, people that have like a laundry tub, for example, that your washing machine pumps into, mm-hmm. uh, which um, not everybody has, uh, but uh, this one is uh, is a simple device that will mount on the side of your sink, and then there's a, a filter on the on the bottom here that catches the um, the material when it's full and gets plugged. This will just pop off, which will tell you that hey, it's time to change the filter. And you just simply put a new one on, and uh, away you go. Uh, this one is going to um, retail for around thirty to forty dollars, so much lower price point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the Filtrol two point the other one I showed you, this one um, will be uh, our goal is to get it around uh, ninety nine or hundred dollar price point. Oh, very so, good. So making them much more affordable, so folks uh, not only don't have to worry about buyer's remorse, but they can say they're doing something to help the environment, and it's not so costly. So that's important. How soon will those other two be available? Real quick. Yeah, we're hoping uh, by mid-year 2022, so another six to nine months, roughly. Terrific. We invite our audience, of course, again, radio audience, come see the video of the interview with Brian so you can see the things that he's showing up and and the video that we're describing to you, how this all works. But you can visit filtrol.net. It's F-I-L-T-R-O-L. Dot net. And we'll get you there, of course, when you visit intotomorrow.com. Brian Kosky, CEO of Wexco Environmental, thanks for joining us. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll get you back on again as other new products are available. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Again, it's our pleasure. Filtrol.net and intotomorrow.com. We'll get you there, too. You can see what Brian and his team are up to on a regular basis when you visit us as well. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned. Much more as Into Tomorrow continues right here on the Advanced Media Network. Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt. After I left baseball, I just couldn't stay in shape like I used to. Turns out, once you hit 40, your body has less free testosterone, and that can make it harder to get into shape. So I got back into the game with Nugenics. I'm feeling stronger with a lot more energy and drive. You want to get back into shape? Get Nugenics. All you have to do is send one simple text.
Frank's right. Just text STAY to 321321 to get a complimentary bottle of award-winning Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Its unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help a man feel stronger, leaner, more energetic, and more passionate. And guys, she'll like the difference too. Nugenic samples are not available in stores. To get your complimentary bottle, text STAY to 321321. That's S-T-A-Y to 321321. Into Tomorrow is back, reminding you to always back up your important data. And so many listeners have been thanking us lately, not only for that suggestion and reminder every week, but to check your spam filters. We had another person participating on the show that said, it's a good thing you reminded me because that's where we found your prize closet email. And John said that he was able to then reply to it and click the link because he wondered why he hadn't heard from us. We were in his spam filter. Well, that's where I heard from the cousin that apparently I didn't know I had in Nigeria that was offering me a million dollars. So I I found that email. Oh, good. (laughs) I ought to smack you. Just I can't reach that far across the table. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline. I don't know if you even want to know who he is. but I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. New podcasters may need some help setting everything up. Blueberry's top-notch support team is ready to help you just like they've helped us. Just go to blubrry.com. Jumping on the time machine. Jumping. Got mail. Time to head Got yesterday. Heading. With this week in tech history. History, 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 history. Here's Chris. Chris is history. The, oh, okay. Well, then bye. Bye. See you. What have you got, though, in the meantime? This week, back in 1861, the first transcontinental telegraph line across the U.S. was completed, spelling the end for the 18-month-old Pony Express, which ceased operations just two days later. The remaining assets of the Pony Express were sold off to Wells Fargo for $1.5 million. In 1946 this week, a camera on board a V-2 rocket was launched from the White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico. All systems are functioning within normal parameters. It then took the first photograph of Earth from outer space. The German V-2 rocket had been captured by the Americans at the end of World War II. The explosive warhead was removed and replaced with a package of scientific instruments. These included a 35-millimeter motion picture camera that was set to snap one picture every second and a half. Pretty cool, especially because it was the first picture looking back at Earth. Exactly. Ever. And it was a great uh, use of that former Nazi technology. Exactly. Oh, my. In 1955 this week, the microwave oven was introduced in Mansfield, Ohio, at the corporate headquarters of the Tappan Company. Stimpy! I'm so happy! The new cooking device had a price tag of about $1,300, which would translate to over $11,000 today. And meanwhile, what do you buy microwaves now for like $25, $30? Uh, But it was no wonder they only manufactured 34 units that first year. The invention of the microwave oven, incidentally, was an accident, as is the case with many inventions these days. True. Um, In the 1940s, Percy Spencer was building magnetrons for use in radar sets. He had a chocolate bar in his pocket when he came too close to a running magnetron tube and the candy began to melt. Was it as good for you? as it was for me. Oh, yeah. In 1969, the first ever computer-to-computer link was established on ARPANET, which is the precursor to the Internet. The transmitted message was intended to be the word login. The letters L and O were transmitted, but the letter G crashed the system. No, Pinky. Yeah. 
And this week in 1998, ATSC HDTV Broadcasting in the U.S. was inaugurated with the launch of the STS-95 Space Shuttle mission. That mission also saw retired astronaut John Glenn returning to space as the oldest person to do so, a record he held until 2021 when 82-year-old aviator and space tourist Wally Funk lifted off in a Blue Origin suborbital spacecraft. Funk's record was broken three months later, a few weeks ago, by 90-year-old William Shatner. That ought to keep the little squirts happy. Well, the old ones, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the global innovation show since 1924 for consumer tech and home appliances, and by IFA Next, the launchpad for innovations. Get more info at ifa-berlin.com. Yes, indeed. Mark in Tupelo, Mississippi, listens on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Mark. I purchased an older car that does not have a backup camera. I would like to install one. I have no clue what kind or how they began. Well, Mark, your first step will be deciding really just how committed you are to the camera, and that will narrow your options quite a bit. One obvious aspect is that in deciding how much money you want to spend, that's an important factor. But beyond that, there's also the pain of the installation itself. You can find some solar-powered wireless cameras that output video either to their own monitors or via Wi-Fi to your phone. Those are super, super easy to install. Basically, just mount them using the same screws that are holding your license plate up, and you're good to go. So you don't have to run wires throughout the car, which is really a pain. Yeah, there are some downsides to them, though. Uh, they tend to be slower to connect. Some require you to connect your phone to them before you can see the video, which is obviously a problem when you're just trying to quickly park and be done with it. And the ones that use a solar panel are, are great in that they don't usually need to be plugged in to recharge. But if you keep your car in a garage a lot, they may lose that edge, and they may be harder to recharge since they're not meant to be plugged in often. Yeah, good point. Now, on the other hand, there's the other end of the spectrum, if you will. You have the fully wired cameras. Now, those take power from the car, so there's no recharging. They connect right away, typically, since they're always fully powered and physically connected to their screens and generally work a little bit more like the cameras that come built in by the factory these days. Yeah, the downside with those is that you'll need a pretty involved install. Your camera will be mounted on the outside and back of the vehicle. Uh, the driver will be on the inside towards the front, so that whole distance needs to be wired. And that means taking an awful lot of stuff apart to hide the wires. Um, if you don't mind the cost and higher risk of something rattling afterwards, those cameras are good, though. Um, and it's funny, we were having a discussion recently with uh, our local 12-volt dealer, uh, Cartronics, mm -hmm. uh, Les Tax, and he was t telling us how he, they never sell those wireless backup cameras because yeah. they just they never work. They just don't work, and or they take forever. And, and you want to back out of your driveway, you don't want to wait two minutes. Yeah. And plus another perk of these, these wired ones, generally they're wired in with the car, so it knows when you go into reverse, it then activates the camera oh, and, and those screens. You don't yeah. get that on the wireless. And that's the case now with all new cars since when? It's a, I don't remember. Recently, in the last several yeah. years, they changed it. So now all new cars manufactured in the U.S. must include backup cameras. Right, which is good because it saves lives. I mean, you know, poor kids that have been uh, obviously run over in the driveway or something because they didn't know there was some someone there, whatever. So it is good, and I... You know, and you don't have to wrench your neck anymore by turning around and trying to see if there's somebody back there. But you should still do that. Well, yeah, fact, of course. I, I find myself still, I, I still don't rely solely on that backup camera. I'm always turning my head, mainly because I learned how to drive before there were cameras. <laughs> Are you going to say now that I learned how to drive before there were cars? Yes. Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> happening. I thought I'd get out there ahead of it before you could say it. But 
you can also set with the newer vehicles a wider angle or a narrow angle. So I just leave it at a wide angle so I can see everything. I even see my license plate on the on the backup camera, but I can also see anything up and down the road and in the driveway and okay. right up to under the underneath the car. And then go ahead and tell everybody again about your little helicopter view on your car because well, you're that's so cool. That, <laughs> I see. Well, that's what I call it, my helicopter view. But yeah, where I get the view when I go into reverse or I can tap a button anytime, even going forward into a parking space, and see all around the vehicle. And I find that is very helpful. Yeah, and the rest of us just open our eyes and look out the window. Yeah, but why do that <laughs> if you if you can just stare at a screen? <laughs> you don't have to open your eyes. Well, you have to open them to look at the screen, but you can squint uh-huh. and not have to look out the window. Anyway, what do you think? Join us at intotomorrow.com. Are you drowning in debt? Are you struggling to make minimum payments? Did you know that on average, a household with at least one credit card struggles with over $15,000 in credit card debt? If this sounds like you, know that it's not your fault. Credit card debt happens to good people. Credit card companies lure you in with low introductory rates and low minimum payments. Before you know it, you're in over your head. National Debt Relief has helped thousands of good people just like you become debt-free with our Debt Reset Program that will dramatically reduce your debt down to a fraction of what you owe. Our Debt Reset Program is customized to get you debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months with one low monthly payment. If you owe over $10,000 in credit card debt or even personal loans, call 800 21 There are no upfront fees or out-of-pocket expenses. You don't pay a dime until we succeed. Call now to see how the Debt Reset Program can work for you. Call 800-213-5082. That's If your local radio station isn't able to carry all three hours of Into Tomorrow, have no fear. We are here. And you can subscribe to our free podcast. It's very easy at intotomorrow.com. When you participate on the program, by the way, if you'd like any of the particular prizes that we're about to mention, no promises, no guarantees, but do tell us when you call in. We'll do our best to try to get that item or one of the items, if you mention a couple of them, to you. Chris is going to share with you what we've got this week available when we hear you on the air. We've got from El Lago protective silicone cases for Apple TV and Apple TV Siri remote. Uh, we've got true wireless earbuds with touch control from Diesel. WGP glasses provided Bluetooth audio sunglasses. Uh, from CarLock, we've still got a couple of their advanced real-time car tracker and alert systems. And from Cosmo, Junior Track 2 smartwatches for kids. Now the important thing is folks don't have to wait until they hear the show next week to participate. You can call anytime, 24-7, at your leisure. And how does one participate? By downloading the free Into Tomorrow app. Oh, that's an easy way. And hitting that message to studio button. And give us five stars and a little review, and we'd get you a little something extra in the prices. Just saying. Uh, You could uh, call the old phone number, the old-fashioned way. The old phone number. Well, Well, it it is. We've we've had that phone number for 26, almost 27 years now. Good point. And that number is what? 800-899-INTO. It's 800-899-4686. Or... You can use the way which has become the most popular way these days. Oh, uh, yeah. Stop by our site, and there's a little Ask Dave microphone. As long as whatever you're visiting the site on has a browser, which it has to if you're visiting our site, um, and a microphone, you can hit that button, and it'll uh, allow you to record a message right there. And that's on our site at intotomorrow.com. So you're saying anything with a browser and a mic, so your smartphone, 
your tablet, your desktop, your laptop, yeah, your shoe phone if you have such a thing. Yeah. But just do it at intotomorrow.com. Meet you there. <laughs>